When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay. Hi there and welcome to this week's Scout the Game Week. Scout the Game Week is brought to you by the Fancy Football Scout Scout Network. In each episode we'll look back at the game week we've just played and assess what we can learn to help us in the next round of fixtures. We'll also catch up with a member of the Scout Network and find out what they've been up to as well as gaining an insight into their FPL planning and content. I'm Sam from the FPL family. Let's Scout the Game Week. This week I'm joined by Pete who's from FPL Sidenet. Pete, second time appearing with me here on Scout the Game Week. How are you doing? Good, thanks, Sam. Uh, hello, hello, listeners. Uh, pleasure to be joining you from, from Melbourne, Australia. We were talking about the weather before. I was complaining it's cold. You were saying how lovely it was, but it was actually the same same temperature at the moment. So it just shows how soft isn't it? I am. <laughs> it well, is. But, either that yeah. or it shows how, how awful we are here in the UK that when it hits like <laughs> 11 degrees, we're like, yes, it's coming up to the summer now. Let's get our shorts and our flip-flops on. Um, but yeah, actually, I think the sun shining in the UK does make us feel a lot, a lot better. I sent you the other week before we started recording that over Easter weekend, it was quite a nice one day. And then the next day it snowed. So it was kind of like typical British weather. Um, <laughs> but hey, the football's on. Um, it and is. it's been it's a funny been a week. To talk about. It has, you know, <laughs> has. Of, of all the weeks to come on. It's, it's been a very quiet week, hasn't it? Not much has Nothing's happened. Nothing's happened. Nothing's happened, Pete. Standard game week. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I, you know, could have just slept through the week and I wouldn't have missed anything. Um, just before we get into all of this good stuff, tell us a little bit about SideNet. Of course, we've spoken before about it, but for anyone that wasn't listening the last time you were on, just give us a little update on, on who you are and, and what you do. Sure. Well, for those who um, didn't catch it last time, um, FPL Signet is um, an FPL podcast hosted by myself and my best mate Dubs. Now, um, we, we've been lifelong mates, um, mates for over 20 years. We used to work with each other. We played football. Um, we do everything together. And we just decided that because we spent so much time talking about fantasy, why not put it in a podcast format and have some fun and if people want to come along for the journey that's great um we welcome everyone along and yeah we're very different kinds of managers dubs is more sort of he likes to take a lot of risks he's very rogue he loves differentials and when it works it works amazing he had a game week um recently where he finished top 3k for the game week with you know triple figure score when everyone else had about 30 or 40 Uh, but then there's the other week sometimes it doesn't go as much to plan, whereas I'm more your classic old school risk averse um, planning. Not that that's really helped that much this season with the way it's gone, but yeah, we just like to have a lot of fun and just see how it goes. And if the show's only going to last for a short time, it's going to be a good time. Ah, oh, I love that. That's a good attitude to have. <laughs> that is um, okay. Talk about talk to me about game week thirty two. The potentially one of the longest game weeks yeah. that I can remember in a, in a very long time, Friday through Thursday. Um, and of course we then start again on Friday this week. So FPL everywhere and um, Premier League yeah. games all the time. So we are at that point of the season where 
yeah, it's all gone a bit crazy, of course, with the League Cup final this coming weekend. Come on, you Spurs. Um, <laughs> and then obviously we go straight back into the Champions League with the FA Cup final coming up in 36 as well. So it's getting busy. How is Game Week 32 going for you? Because we still have one more fixture. We're recording this on Thursday morning or Thursday evening if you are in Australia. Um, <laughs> and so, of course, we do have we have the Leicester game still to come this evening. It feels like it's a stock standard round, considering a lot of the scores I'm seeing around on on social media. So I'm currently, I'm sitting on a grey arrow at the moment. And, you know, my my score at the moment is sitting on 61 points. And I still have Ian Nacho to go. But um, like everyone else in the world, I captained Kane, had Son, Lingard, um, bought in Cody, which was nice. Um, a, A boring pick, but I felt that I needed some points. And that's the direction I basically went. But... Yeah, it's it, it does feel like it's a really long game week. I had to think back to how it started. I mean, for us, it was Saturday morning. Um, for you guys, it was Friday night. So it feels like an eternity ago and we've still got one game to go. And of course, in that time, we've had Mourinho getting fired. We've had <laughs> constant chaos in the actual football world. Um, and then football every day with the FA Cup happening as well. Um, this weekend so it has been a really really hectic week so in some ways I'm glad that the FPL deadline was on Friday because at least (laughs) there's been nothing I could do about my team from Friday night onwards although I am currently wildcarding so that is taking up a lot of thought process and of course it is a bit of a strange week to have ended up wildcarding because there isn't so much that you can always do given the you know, there's still games happening. So that's right. I still don't yet own Ian Acho. He will come in absolutely as part of my wild card, but of course I haven't done that yet because he plays tonight or, or that's right. you know, tomorrow morning in, in your eyes. <laughs> um, and therefore I've got to wait it out and see when you know, he makes it through this, this game this evening before I do that. So it's been a crazy week to wild card. I wouldn't recommend it actually. I wouldn't recommend <laughs> wild carding through a week where there's a match every day it is it is a bit of bonkers one really do you mind if i ask the the reason for wild carding this week was there something in particular that, that twisted your arm into it um good question i think the i was planning to do it ahead of game week 31 when the majority of the yeah. the main fpl community were kind of playing theirs And then the Spurs double got announced for this week. And I looked at my team and thought, actually, that looks all right for game week 32. But it does leave me in a bit of a problem with game week 33, obviously, with the blank. Because I had a Southampton player, I had a couple of Spurs players, I had a Man City player. So I was kind of looking at my squad thinking "Mm, that could be a problem. And if I really want to go for broke on Spurs in game week 32 then maybe holding is the right thing and playing it after the double because at that point I can get rid of a couple of the blanking players, give myself the opportunity to hit the ground running in 33. But I also thought that it might give us, it might give us a bit more insight into what was going to happen with the future rearranged doubles. Yeah. In game week 31, we really didn't have an understanding yet or a firm understanding yet of what game week 35 or 36 might look like, what the movement of um, the fans in the stands impact might be in terms of when those fixtures might fall in which game weeks. 
So I hoped that I would get a bit more insight um, yeah. by waiting an extra week to play it. And I did kind of ponder on waiting another week and playing it next week. But I also think that there are certain players, Ian Acho being one of them, who's really nice one of fixtures ends kind of with three matches to go till the end of the season and waiting another week on him felt like another risky thing to do I suppose uh so yeah I I think now's a a good compromise I I feel like we've got enough information where we can guess at what game week 35 and 36 might look like and we can plan for those times now the FA Cup final is sorted and we know who's going to be playing in game week 36 in that we can plan for the teams that therefore will miss out that week potentially and roughly what those doubles will look like. So I have a bit more insight in my mind as to where I'm going with my team now than I would have done maybe even just a week ago. So that's why it's now, I think, um, yeah, I'm not sure that there is a right week anymore this close to the end of the season, but for me, the wild card is something that you need to give it as much opportunity as much opportunity as possible to be successful and the closer we get to game week you know I thought well if I don't play ahead of 33 and I play ahead of 34 there's only four weeks and yeah you know we're we're getting a bit tight for impact I suppose yeah you want as much um you know value from that as possible and doing it this week actually with so many managers probably looking at taking hits with injuries players not playing suspensions um Playing a chip where you don't have to take a hit could even just see a big rank rise, you know, straight away. That, well, that's the other thing, I think, you know, and I've, in some ways, I suppose for me, I've been quite lucky. Uh, for a lot of managers, you've been quite unlucky going into this week because there have been some high profile injuries throughout game week 32, which we'll talk about shortly, as well as a couple of red cards in game week 32. So now some suspensions for quite key players yep. for certain sides. So at that point, you know, you are you're really kind of having to think very carefully about the transfers that you're making. You know, we saw that Mendy didn't play for Chelsea. And then of course, Alex McCarthy comes back in for Forster. So there are some FPL managers out there that just don't have a goalkeeper this week. Yet last week they had two playing goalkeepers. (laughs) So there's so many difficult decisions to be had at the moment that I I think you're right. I think not having to take a points here ahead of game week 33, knowing I'm going to get a full eleven of decent players out for the 33 and decent players that will likely then double again in 35 or whenever those double fixtures end up being rearranged feels quite a nice place to be, but it also feels quite stressful at this point because whatever happens now, there's not that many transfers to be made between the end of the season. So these are the guys that are going to see me through. And there's a couple of players which I can talk about later, who I really do fancy taking a bit of a punt on. Um, I'm just not sure if I'm brave enough. Mm, We'll have to see. (laughs) (laughs) Right, let's get into scouting the game week then. So game week 32, double game week 32. Um, As I mentioned before, it is going to be another busy day because we have a deadline tomorrow evening for game week 33, blank game week 33. (laughs) And of course, still have that one game in game week 32 to play this evening. Let's start right back at the beginning of game week 32 with Mourinho's Spurs, as they were (laughs) then. Um, And the 2-2 draw against Everton. Um, Obviously, that game... Going the way that I think most people in the FPL community expected in that Kane 
braced uh, for the yeah. majority of managers, over 2 million managers captaining Harry Kane this week. And what fascinated me, but yet I wasn't surprised by, was the stats and the numbers of, of people that, that captained Kane this week. I'd obviously got my armband on him. I think you did too, P. Yep, I did too, yep. But yeah, every time Harry Kane got something, it hurt my rank. His effective ownership was at 216%. I have never in my life seen effective ownership at that point. And every Kane goal was like, as a Spurs fan, (laughs) I I was obviously like in real real turmoil with this because I was delighted to see him doing it. And then also kind of going, oh my goodness, my overall rank is just like, it's plummeting with every because it's of the what this game does captains. to you, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, so difficult. But then, of course, he limps off. Um, and I was listening before we started recording. I, I was listening back to Ryan Mason's press conferences, and we'll talk about Ryan Mason in a minute. Um, he was talking about how it's kind of going to be one day at a time with Kane. He hasn't trained Monday, Tuesday, and obviously didn't train yesterday ahead of the game last night, but he did say that they are kind of hopeful that he will be available for the weekend and he's doing everything that he can. Obviously it doesn't really affect us from an FPL perspective this time around because Spurs blanking in game week 33. However, there is this debate in the community right now about what do we do with our Spurs assets? Do we hold them? Do we sell them? And I think a lot of people were looking at selling Sun and probably benching Kane because Kane has, well, Kane is who he is, and Son's form has been a little bit off of late. But I, as a Spurs fan, do have a slight concern that I don't see, unless he is really injured, and he didn't look injured when he was jumping up and down celebrating Son's penalty last night. (laughs) I don't see Kane sitting out that final. I just don't think that he is that. If he can run he will try and play that game as we saw in the champions league final a couple of seasons ago if there's any chance that he's available he plays yeah so my concern from an fpl perspective with him is what does that mean for game week 34's fixture against sheffield united because if he plays him in the cup final and he comes out a bit okay does he then give him the rest that we need that he needs in game week 34 which is when we as FPL managers would really want Harry Kane. And then from a Sun perspective, of course, he gets the penalty, has a VAR goal ruled out last night, scores the winning penalty at the end of the game. So, and, and I'll be really honest with you, while I was watching the Spurs game, I was tinkering with my team. <laughs> Obviously with the wildcard active, it's kind of like, oh, what could I do here and there? And, and then I've you got the message, the- you have too many Spurs, Spurs players <laughs> in your team. <laughs> I had three. Uh, I actually have two now, but I um, had three at that point. And I was sat there and I was like, what happens if I take Sun out? Because the first half Spurs performance, I was like, I'm a bit uninspired here. Uh, So I took him out and I'd replaced him with with Salah. And I was looking at my team thinking, okay, you know, uh, that looks quite nice, actually. I quite like it. And then he instantly, honestly, as I took a screenshot of it, he instantly scored the goal that eventually got ruled out for VAR. And I was like, it's time. Like, I can't. How can I take him out now? Uh, but he, I did think that the last half an hour of the Spurs game last night, they were much more 
of an attacking threat. And of course, we saw yeah. Bale play in that game. So let's talk about Son and Kane for now. What's your views on them? Do we sell? Do we hold? Do we bench them this week? What are yeah, you going to do? I'm thinking holding because, yeah, I mean, these two are two of the best players in the league and in the game in general, in in FPL. So for me, I was always of the perspective that I'm going to just bench them this week. Um, we know that they're not playing in, in 33. And we have that time frame to see about Harry Kane's injury. And I'm like you, I think even on one leg, Kane's going to play that cup <laughs> final. <laughs> and I don't want to be heading into 34 in that game against Sheffield United without at least one, let alone both. Yeah of those, those Spurs players, um, even if there's half a chance Harry Kane could play in that Sheffield United game, I, I, I want him. I want to captain him for that game. So, um, yeah, he, he doesn't tend to to miss a lot. Like no. When he does, it's usually short and sharp. But, I mean, at least, like I said, we've got this, this runway where we're able to actually see what's going to happen on the weekend and then with the, the blank game week as well. So we, we've got that time frame up our sleeve. So for me, it's a hold. Because, yeah, Sun's amazing. He showed in this game week that, you know, there was probably managers that um, captained Sun early in the game week and then seeing the numbers of Harry Kane thinking, oh, no, what did I do? And then, you know, Sun came to the rescue, really. So and, and he did just as well over the, t- the two legs. Yeah, I, I remember going on the FPL show just before and saying that I thought that Sun had just as good an opportunity to do incredible things in this week as Kane did now yeah of course the reality is I think had Kane not got injured in game week 30 the original part of game week 32 that he would have played last night and therefore probably would have outscored Sun however you know at the end of the game week they are they're level out so I think I mean I I do really agree with you on on these two I think they're they're we're talking about taking up the majority of your bench but I think it's worth it given the fixtures coming out of it and given the change in the attitude at Spurs, the interviews with the players and with Ryan Mason have been really fascinating, uh, listening to kind of the upbeatness and, and, and the squad. And, you know, we mustn't forget that, that Ryan Mason is, is friends with these guys. He exactly. has played with a lot of them. He has a really good relationship with them and he knows what makes them tick more yeah. than anybody in, in many ways. And for me, that the interesting one was was listening to and, and looking at the the posts that the players made about about Mason and about you know wanting to do it for him. This is their friends. They they want exactly. to do this together. So it might just be the boost that Spurs need. I want to talk to you about Gareth Bale for a little bit because obviously yeah. Gareth Bale had been firmly out of favour with Mourinho for for quite a while actually but in particular since international break since coming back from his comments about how you know he was at Spurs because of the Euros and because of wanting to have match fitness for Wales and Marino took it badly for whatever reason and, and Bale was then getting like six minutes here six minutes there and just really wasn't playing a part in the way that we as Spurs fans would have wanted, and certainly that we as FPL managers wouldn't have wanted. What do you think about Bale now? Because Ryan Mason's comments last night after the game, he was talking about how um, Bale is an exceptional player, has had an exceptional career. He's repaid me instantly with the quality of his finish and his effort throughout the game. Does he suddenly come back into the FPL radar now? Yeah, maybe maybe he does. I think with Bale, it might be more of a, wait and see um, 
the trust is going to be there between Ryan Mason and Gareth Bale and probably Mason and the whole squad there because, I mean, we, how many times have we seen Mourinho leave a club and the club just basically has to have a, a palate cleanser of a manager? <laughs> someone do a complete U-turn, get in, get in someone, you know, inside, someone who knows the players, different tone, different voice. So that's going to be a big change. And if you have a manager who's worked before with someone like Gareth Bale, and trust him to do the things that he wants him to do, you know, sometimes the carrot is a better incentive than the stick. And so Bale could actually react much better to this rather than dropping the shoulders, you know, having having to be the one to have the fingers pointed at him by someone rather than having someone pat him on the back for good luck. So it it's definitely a wait and see for me. But, I mean, because we're heading into this game week where they're not playing, it'll, it'll just have to wait and see, especially with the cup final. So we've got a great chance to see what they're going to do this weekend against City. It, not not to sound like I'm not giving Tottenham a chance because anything can happen in, in a cup final. Um, they could have a, a, a free pass at this. Just go for it. Play. Do what you can. Play attacking football. If you sit back and defend against Manchester City, nine times out of ten, it's not going to work. They're going to find passages they're going to pick you off it's just waiting like lambs to the slaughter so in this case go out there play like do yourselves proud that's what he's probably going to say to them and who better to have than you know the welsh wizard bombing up and down that wig (laughs) well i agree with you on the welsh wizard thing i think it's fascinating for me because like you say i I, bale is one that i am suddenly really keen on and if spurs weren't blanking this weekend he would 100 percent have come in as a differential on my world card 100 percent. just because i think that the way that this season's going as you say the change of emotions that are in the club i think there is a, a and particularly from bale bale knows that going into the euros this summer he wants to be match ready. He wants to turn up and be the man for his for his country. Yeah. And he's not going to do that if he doesn't get match time at Spurs. So I think he will take this opportunity and he'll run with it. And I can see the Spurs Kane Son trio starting more regularly for Spurs, which is what yeah. we all wanted. Um, and I don't think that's just Spurs fans that have wanted that. I think, you know, FPL managers, generally speaking, I think people that want to watch good football would want to see the three of them playing together. So he is one that's on my radar, but because of the blank, he won't come in as part of the World Cup, but he will be one that I'll be seriously looking at if he starts, which I think he's going to, in the Cup final this weekend. Yeah. I was going to say the other exciting thing is, you know, if, if Ryan Mason, or sorry, I should say 29-year-old Ryan Mason, I think he legally changed his name because that's all the commentators kept saying <laughs> the other night. The youngest ever, Ryan Premier League manager. The youngest ever. <laughs> um, if he's going to be pushing for attacking football, that's, that's great for us neutrals and FPL managers. We're going to see lots of goals, but the biggest benefit is we're probably going to be hearing Darude Sandstorm on repeat at Spurs Stadium after all those goals. So (laughs) absolute bangers. (laughs) Let's go from Spurs to Manchester City. Their opponents in the League Cup final this weekend, of course, again, therefore they don't play this weekend. But in terms of game week 32, I, I think it's important that we kind of talk about them. We had big rotation again from them at the weekend in the FA Cup. And of course, we had the big news that Kevin De Bruyne went off injured during the FA Cup game. Now, we haven't really had really specific, firm 
confirmation of the extent of his injury but it the rumors and the the conversation seem to be that it's it's quite a serious one and it will keep him out for a number of weeks probably yeah. a month which i think for us as fpl managers basically rules kevin de bruyne out of the season effectively yeah. you know with just six games to go in in the premier league i i can't see that it's worth holding him at any at any point um but what does that mean about the city assets in general? We'll talk about John Stones shortly yeah. and the impact of the game last night on him. But where is your head now with them? Because game week 33, they miss. The back for game week 34, which is a really nice game against Crystal Palace. However, either side of game week 34, we have the Champions League semi-finals. So what does Pep do? Does he play? He's going to play full strength in, in the cup final yep. this weekend because it's a cup final and he's out of the FA Cup now so the quadruple's gone he's just aiming for the treble now so he's got to go full strength in the League Cup final he's then got a Champions League semi-final yeah. got to go got to go full strength in that does he have to play full strength against Crystal Palace in game week 34 probably not because he should be able to beat Crystal Palace without him so what does it mean for our City assets there's going to be a lot of Cancelo missed out in game week 32 sitting on the bench we'll talk about Stones shortly Diaz did start actually let's talk about John Stones now because maybe John Stones impacts Diaz actually here because I'd been saying for a couple of weeks that I felt like I would probably sell Diaz on my wild card because of the Champions League, League Cup, FA Cup, all of this playing out at the same time as the league, which looks to be one. Yeah, that's right. It, it seems that it's going their way, unless they have an absolutely almighty collapse, which I just <laughs> don't see. Yeah, it's not happening. No. And then John Stones goes and gets sent off against Aston Villa in game week 32. That's a three-match ban, including the League Cup final. So that's a that's already a bit of an issue for Pep that he would have not wanted to have to deal with. And then two Premier League matches. So, of course, game week 34 against Crystal Palace, and he'll also miss game week 35. Does that mean that Diaz now is guaranteed to play in game week 34? Because it feels like he might have to play him alongside Laporte. It doesn't feel like he's going to be able to get away with not playing now. Yeah, well, I think recently we've seen Diaz be sort of that stable figure in that City defensive lineup. He has missed the odd game here and there, probably more recently, but that's sort of come with the the fixture congestion with the Champions League. But I think John Stones has made the the situation a bit clearer from a defensive asset perspective because it's really just the three of them. It's it's him, Diaz, and um, Americ Laporte there. So. Yeah, I can see Pep basically rolling out the B side in that Crystal mm. Palace game because, yeah, he's going to play the strongest side in this League Cup final because he, he loves the League Cup final. It's been... It's their trophy, their right? The, it, it is. They, they win it year after year. He knows how important it is to set that winning tempo. You know, usually the final's a lot earlier than what it is, but it, it is this weekend. And so then moving... PSG is probably the hardest game they could have in the Champions League because... PSG have that that rolling sort of a bit like City where that their front line just moves constantly with Akadi, Mbappe, Neymar, whereas they're probably more suited to play against a team with your classic centre forward that Diaz, Stones, Laporte, 
are mm. quite comfortable against. And Poch so, knows how to knock Pep out of the Champions League, of course. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, as far as Pep's going to be concerned, those those Champions League games will be, you know, the top priority for him. So, I agree. Yeah, you know, we we could see, I mean, Nathan Ake came back, was it against uh, Leeds just the other game week? So we, we could see him even get a bit of a run. He has, not that he tends to play centre defence a lot, but he has done it, you know, every once in a while. Um, another player is Garcia could even come in for that Crystal Palace game. He is a player that City need to sell, but it's a bit hard to sell someone when they're not getting any game time. And, and this just might be the perfect opportunity because even a player who's not playing very well or at all should do okay. If he's got that, you know, Diaz next to him, which I think Diaz will probably play most of those games because he's so... He sort of sets the tone for that team. He does. So he's so important I think, to them. Yeah, he, he's just so important. And we've seen earlier on in the season, he played game after game, all competitions. He mm. he played one of you know the most minutes of you know most players in Europe, let alone in the league. So he, he's got that that upper sleeve. He's very reliable. So I think I I did have Diaz and Cancelo a few weeks ago. Now I got yeah. rid of Cancelo. And I stuck with Diaz, but I think the John Stone situation makes it a bit easier now to keep Ruben Diaz because, yeah, Pep needs the bodies in centre defence because, I mean, they they have not won the league yet. That's something we need to remember. They haven't won it yet. So maybe he's thinking play one or two of them against Crystal Palace. I think he'll just play one, to be honest, because Laporte's had his injury issues. He'll need him for those Champions League games. So I think Diaz plays all those games. So yeah. if you've got Diaz, you keep him. But, you know, if you're a John Stones owner, this situation is quite simple for you. You just sell. <laughs> he goes now, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he goes. Yeah, he's made up your mind for you. Yeah, and and I think, you know, with a couple of games to go, with rotation still rife at City, absolutely. John Stones makes your decision very, very easy. What about the yeah. midfielders? Just briefly before we move on, yep. because obviously they don't play in 33. So, mm. but if you are obviously Foden with goals again um, this week, proving himself to be really top, top quality player every yeah. time he plays. So threatening um, and always seeming to return something from a, an attacking perspective of late. Mm. Gundogan, we saw how Gundogan was dramatically improved in terms of his FPL returns without KDB the first time KDB was out. So does he suddenly become a, an attractive option again? Or are we just kind of going, no, with the City midfielders, not because we don't think that they're good options and not because we don't think that they're going to return any points, but simply because we can't be sure who's going to play in these Premier League games at the moment. Yeah, I, I think if you can, you, you should probably move your, your City midfielders. Watching Phil Foden this morning, he was brilliant. Um, and he's a great differential. He's only 7% owned. But he's clearly part of Pep's best side. And yes. moving forward, Pep's best side probably won't play a majority of the league games. So, you know, he may play the odd game here and there, but he's not going to play every game. So that makes the decision a bit easier there. Ilkay Gundogan tends to play a lot, especially with KDB out. He needs Gundogan in that midfield to sort of, you know, keep control, drive things as he sees fit. But, uh, you know, again, he he may get his, his minutes sort of rested. I wouldn't be surprised in that in that Palace game, if maybe he just comes off the bench, has like a 10-minute cameo just to sort of keep the engine running in between those those Champions League games. But personally, I was looking at getting rid of Ilkay Gundogan just for, at this stage of the season, with such, we 
we don't have much time left to make up ground if you if you're chasing trying to get a great rank win mini leagues there's no guarantee any of these players play so at this stage of the season you need you know you want guaranteed players you want players playing for something and yeah preferably rotation proof and um, as far as the league's concerned it's not their priority at the moment so that's that's my personal opinion let's go from one rotation side to another <laughs> um, and and Chelsea too cool coming out to be fair to him he warned us it was coming so it wasn't going <laughs> to be did. a great surprise he came out after the FA Cup and said I think I'm going to play Kepa against Brighton and all the new Mendy owners went you're joking <laughs> what what is happening but I think it's in similar way to what you've just said he you would think that Kepa is going to be looking for a move away from Chelsea this summer, yeah. given that he isn't their number one. And Chelsea need to give the guy some minutes. It's very, very hard to sell a premium asset who's done absolutely nothing for a year, <laughs> apart from actually make mistakes when he has played. So I think Tuchel's giving him that opportunity. Plus, of course, he is the FA Cup keeper and has done yeah did well in the semi-final, so probably needs that bit of momentum if he's going to play in a cup final in, what, three game weeks' time? Because that's happening the weekend of game week, the, the weekend that game week 36 is currently scheduled for, yep. is the FA Cup final. So, you know, we are at a point where he's got to give him some time, but I'm expecting, I don't know about you, Pete, but I'm expecting to see Mendy back in the starting eleven this weekend in game week 33. Yeah. Do you agree? Yeah, I 100% agree. He'll definitely be back for this West Ham game because it's it's a six-pointer this weekend for Chelsea. Mm. This is a huge game. I mean, I know they're, they're looking ahead already to the Champions League semifinals against Madrid, but this West Ham game is just as important. And we saw how poor they were against Brighton, and I think all the circumstances surrounding them, you know, that, that can sort of be forgiven. You can, you know, sort of put that, to the side, all the things the players and the staff were dealing with during the week is a bit unfair on them to then have to perform at such a high standard. But that's all out of the way now. <laughs> Their focus, Tuchel basically after that game should have just said, we're not going to talk about that Brighton game. West Ham this week, That that's all we're talking about. That's all we're thinking about. And, yeah, Mendy will be back. So Tuchel did something similar with, with Kepa after the last round in the FA Cup. So he played a great game in the FA Cup. And then I think he ended up playing him in the immediate league game as well. So he did mm. this last time as well. But, I mean, the, the thing for managers last time was that we were able to foresee it. So if you had Mendy, you were able to actually bench him for the week. Whereas this time around, it came after the deadline, which, which was a bit unlucky. But like you said, if they need to sell him and, you know, they've got three quality keepers there. He needs to go. It's a bit hard to sell someone if you... You know, you're not playing them. So, um, yeah, Mendy will definitely be back. As Piliqueta will definitely be back for this game too. So a lot of managers would have had both in their sides, especially if you wildcarded recently. So, yeah, would have been a I big had, issue. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't yet own Mendy. I would have. Had I wildcarded in game week 31, I absolutely would have had Mendy as my cap, as my yeah. keeper. Um, I would have had Sanchez, though, as my backup. So, actually would have worked out okay worked out all right yeah uh but as an aspilaquetta owner i must admit i was pretty upset on yeah. tuesday evening i i get that all players 
you know, at some point need a rest, particularly the way this season's been in terms of the level of matches. And of course, Chelsea still have a number of competitions that they are playing for, as well as still needing to secure that top four for next season. So that's right. there has to be some level of protection of their key assets. And Aspilicueta is their captain. It is clearly one of their key assets. Yeah. I'm not worried though. And he's one that's no. going to survive through my wild card because I think, you know, whilst the Chelsea fixtures do get a little bit more difficult um, towards the end of the season, for now, I think Aspilicueta still makes a, a really nice pick. I, I had kind of thought about, you know, do I change it up a bit? And do I pick somebody that's a bit more, there's a bit more attacking threat there? Like, do I potentially go with somebody like Alonso? Okay. Simply because the Champions League, you can pretty much guarantee that he sure plays well. Ben Chilwell. Yeah. And therefore, if he's going to play Ben Chilwell in the two midweeks around game week 34, I would suspect that he's going to play Alonso in game week 34, potentially also in game week 35 on the back of that. Um, yeah. That Champions League fixture. And then, of course, game week 36 is the cup final, which I suspect we'll see Ben Chilwell again. So then that, that gives Alonso some fairly good game time in the league. So it is something that I'm kind of pondering on yeah. whether I'll actually do it or not. I'll probably play it safe and end up sticking, sticking with Aspilicueta. I think if you, if you have the, the bench capacity to have decent backup, it's worth the risk mm-hmm. because he's going to haul sooner or later. And I think his ownership will be so low that it'll, you know, be fantastic for, for managers out there. But the risk is the more important the game, we're going to see Ben Chilwell play because Tuchel trusts him more defensively. And yes. Chilwell can play in both a back four and a back three. Alonso mm. can't. Alonso just plays as a, as a wing back. And we saw in that West Brom game, that, that shock, what was it, 5-2, that, you know, West Brom targeted his side of the, the field there knowing that he wasn't going to be doing a lot of the defensive lifting there but you know Reese James on the other side you're like looks fantastic but it, it's hard to say he, he's probably more nailed on than Alonso but mm. every once in a while Tuchel's gonna give him a bit of a rest and maybe play Hudson Adoy as that as that wing back but yeah. yeah it's a little bit tricky to predict he's probably more unpredictable than Pep at the moment <laughs> I think <laughs> oh that's just what we needed another unpredictable <laughs> manager who loves a bit of rotation <laughs> right, let's leave Chelsea for now then. Um, we could spend some time talking about their midfielders, but actually, given that they blanked in game week 32, I think we'll we'll leave them be for now and we'll come back to them maybe a bit later when we talk about game week 33. Yeah. Let's move to the other side of London and West Ham. Now, West Ham for me are fascinating right now. They really, really struggled in game week 32. It was not the West Ham team that we would have wanted to see. Um, no yeah. rice. No Antonio, no Creswell. Dawson red cards, so he's now suspended going forward. Lingard goes off. At first, it looked bad. It now doesn't look like it's as bad. It looks like it was cramped, so hopefully going to be okay and available for 33. But where does that leave us with these West Ham yeah. assets? I think Lingard, because of his form, gets a, a stay of execution. I don't think anyone's really going to be taking Lingard out of their side. But what do you do if you own, say, Fabianski, if you're a Kufal owner, if you're a Suchek owner? Because yeah. I'm not seeing a lot from West Ham of late in terms of their, they're, they're just really struggling with the loss of these players. And I do worry now that they've lost Dawson as well, that they are really going to be a bit all over the place. Yeah. And we also saw Masiaku 
missed that game yes. on the weekend too, which which was a big loss for them too. But I mean, Sufal recently has actually been very reliable. Where West Ham haven't been keeping the clean sheets, he's been ticking mm. over with with returns. And as a Creswell, a owner, of course, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I've had Creswell. And there was that decision a few weeks ago when I bought him in. Do I go Sufal? Do I go Creswell? I went Creswell. And mm. then as nine times out of 10, the cheaper option <laughs> that yeah. you should have just gone with um, did that. So he's performing. He plays every game. If, you know, uh, yeah, the history shows this season that he's very reliable. But I do worry about West Ham from a defensive perspective. Like they're conceding goals at a rapid rate at the moment. It's been quite a while since they, they actually kept a, a clean sheet. And, um, yeah, with they keep losing bodies every week and they're going – they're really pushing hard to get top four. This this might be the best chance they get. But another player maybe is, you know, Jared Bowen. Mm. He looks fantastic as well. And without Antonio, he's playing further up the pitch as well with Lingard. They're almost both playing as – as forwards, even though their midfield is in the game. He's, I think, 0.6 cheaper than um, Jesse Lingard and a huge differential compared to, to Jesse Lingard and just a massive differential in the game. But coming up against that Chelsea defence, are they going to have those opportunities there? Mm. Would you double up Lingard and Bowen? Or would you take a chance and go Bowen over Lingard? Or do you think it's Lingard... And if you're pushing in a mini league and you really, really need a differential, do you risk it and go with Bowen instead? Yeah, you could, but I don't think this is the week for it. Mm. Um, Besides that freak West Brom game, Chelsea have been really tight at the back and, you know, they're going to really want to be hitting top form in this West Ham game because it's it's huge. It's a, a top four spot up for grabs. And they need to carry that form into the Champions League semi-finals. So they'll be doing everything they can not to concede any goals to, to lock up that, that top four spot. But look, I mean, Jesse Lingard's form of late has been nothing short of phenomenal. Mm. And I think this is one of those situations this season with if you're a football fan, you know the history of Jesse Lingard. And so when he started hitting this form, you're thinking, yeah, this is great, but he doesn't keep this up. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I, you know, usually I would just talk myself out of that going, look, it's great. You can't keep it up. I'll just concentrate on someone else. Whereas this time around, at, I got on him really early. And that's probably a, a big difference this season that I mm. definitely wouldn't have done in seasons past, probably because I'm, I'm chasing. I needed to do something. And sometimes getting that week or two earlier than other managers can, can make a, big, a difference. big difference. Yeah. And we're seeing his ownership rocket up every week. He's in the, the transfers in, you know, top five every week. He's up to 30% now. So he's got nine goals, four assists in his last 10 games. And we saw he did take the penalty. I mean, Noble mm. had left the field. It was very lucky, but without Rice jammy. there, without Noble, <laughs> very jammy. <laughs> but sometimes you take him and you bank him. <laughs> For sure, but absolutely. That's something else in his locker as well. So, um, you know, he, he could he could trouble a lot of teams. So, look, for, for me personally, I would just be sticking with one at the moment and, yeah. That, that's that's my opinion on, on West Ham. But from a defensive perspective, I, I'm just very worried about the amount of goals they're leaking. Yeah. I, I mean, Jesse Lingard, for me, is one of those players with, with the Euros coming up this summer. Yeah. He is, he's fighting for a spot... Not, not, not really a spot on the plane. I think he goes, but he's fighting yeah. for it. He's fighting to play 
And mm. to be honest, with the way that he's been playing, he deserves yeah. to play in those games. He's been phenomenal. But it's mm. not just about the Euros, is it? You know, he is fighting for his actual his actual career. He's got yeah. some big decisions coming this summer about, you know, who's going to offer him a contract and what contract does he want to sign? Does he want to stay at West Ham? Does he want to go somewhere else? Does he want to go back to Manchester United? I think the answer to the latter is no. Um, (laughs) I think probably he does want to stay at West Ham. He seems incredibly happy under Moyes at West Ham. He seems to have found his feet. But, you know, we never know with Lingard. And I think between now and the end of the season, he will be one that will just stay in my side unless he gets injured because he is... He's in a purple patch and he's yeah. fighting for more than a lot of FPL players are right now. So with his motivation, he still looks like a really nice option. Yeah, he, he ticks all those boxes I talked about before. So he's yes. in a side fighting for something. Personally, he's fighting for that, that Euro spot and he's fighting for a contract and he's leading the yeah. line. He's the main man there. So, you know, until the points dry up, but yeah, I, he's not going anywhere as far as I'm concerned. Perfect. Right, let's turn our attention then to blank game week 33. As usual, I'm going to ask you in a little bit to pick out some players in each position that you think are going to be a wise investment for this game week. And I'm going to carefully make a note of them and then bring them in on my wildcard. Um, <laughs> but let's start with the blanking clubs, because, of course, we've got we've got two big blanking clubs in Spurs and Manchester yeah. City in terms of popularity of FPL assets. And then we've also got Fulham, who are relatively popular. There's some picks out there that, you know, some managers are going to have gone for, particularly when we think back a little bit to their previous double game week, people were invested. Yeah. And if you haven't wildcarded since then, you might still have a Lookman or an Areola or, or somebody yeah. of that ilk in your side. And then Southampton now. Southampton, generally speaking, aren't very heavily invested in uh, injuries to Danny Ings, meaning that his ownership has, has decreased, although he was back yeah. and then, of course, seemed to get injured again in game week 32. Mm. So very disappointing for him. But how many blanking players do you currently have in your squad? Currently, I ha- I now have five because I had Ben White on my bench, which I've been keeping up my sleeve for oh, blank man. game week 33. So when I saw him get that red card in, you know, what was it, injury time against Chelsea? Oh, I and straight that's really gutting because he's hands. got a nice fixture as well. Exactly. That was the whole reason I kept him in. So I bought him in on my wild card weeks ago, sort of mm. thinking that, you know, he was great for the, the, the previous blank game week we had because um, mm. Brighton played Newcastle and he... He was fantastic. He, he kept a clean sheet there. And then when this game week got announced, I thought, oh, perfect. They're playing Sheffield United that game week. He's not going to go anywhere. I'll just keep him on my bench playing for that game week. So that was the worst possible thing that could happen. So, yeah. Yeah. And of course, so people are going to have this as well with, with um, Matt Cash at Aston yeah. Villa. They're going to have it with Dawson from West Dawson, Ham. That's right. And, you know, this is something that we, we should kind of consider now is that we are going into a game week where Spurs and City are already going to have, take up a large percentage of, of people's benches, probably. Yeah. If you then add, if you're really unlucky and you've got Matt Cash and, and Dawson or, <laughs> you know, Ben White as well, then you're in a position where you are really struggling. Yeah. Um, so you've got Ben White. Who are your yep. other four blanking players this week? Okay, so I've got, yeah, Ruben Diaz, Ilkay Gundogan, and then from Spurs, I've got Sun and Kane. So uh, personally for me, I'm, I'm definitely keeping the Spurs players. Okay. For, you know, their exit out of the game week is is fantastic. So they're not going anywhere and they have the form. 
I think it's it's most likely going to be Gundawan going. Um, okay. he, he's been great, but the points have dried up and he's been he's in and out of the side. So I think I'm just going to try and get someone nailed on because it, it's probably going to be a transfer I might have to make later anyway. And I need players. I need two more players for this game week, which is frustrating. So, I'm so is that going to be a points hit. hits for you? Yeah. Yeah, and- it's going to be a minus four. Yeah, annoying. Let's talk about who you're going to do and what you're going to do when we talk about transfers later. But I think one of the burning questions that most of the FPL community are going to be asking is, can we hold more than three? So if you've got Kane and Son, plus you've got, say, Diaz, and you've got, um, you know, some blanking players. Say we're in your position and you think, you know, I really don't want to take... Is there a justified reason to not take the hit and go into this game week with, say, 10 men? Is yeah, it doable? Look, definitely, because I think there's a lot of favourable fixtures this this game week with certain players. So mm. you could nail it where you just you just carry a, a donut in your side for, for this game week and, and just, just live with it. Or you go the other option where I'm thinking where, okay, I can take the hit. A lot of managers will be taking the hits this game week. I can take one and actually really attack this game week. And if it's a player I'm thinking of getting in anyway for the long run, I might just take the hit now and try and get maximum value from, from that player. So, you know, we got, you know, Leicester have a really good fixture this game week against Crystal Palace. They're definitely players I want to get into my side. I only have Ian will double later on in the season um, as exactly. a result of the FA Cup. So I think that's the other thing to consider here, isn't it? That, you know, yeah. if you're taking a hit for a player just for this week and then you're not going to play them again, it's potentially not worth it. But if you're taking a hit for a player from, say, Villa, who are going to double again this season, maybe Everton, yeah. who are going to double, maybe um, Chelsea or Arsenal or Leicester or Manchester United. There's mm. potential there that the pit is worth it because over the next few game weeks, they'll pay you back. Yeah, exactly. I mean, their fixtures, they got Palace this week, then they got Southampton in 34, and then the double in 35 that, that could be announced could be Newcastle and Man United. Mm. So... You know, just that Newcastle fixture alone um, screams mm. points. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I was going to take a hit. Why not? Yeah, I mean, the chances are that, of course, you know, if you're talking about doubles for these players, particularly for the players, um, the teams that have made it to the FA Cup final, Chelsea and Leicester, and their opponents in that they should have been playing in game week 36, there is a chance that those games get moved to 35. And therefore, we have a blank game week in 36 for Chelsea, Arsenal, Leicester and Manchester United, which would be a challenge given that you want (laughs) those guys in your team for 35 and then you'd lose them again in 36. But you can plan your way around these things in terms of safeguarding your transfers, holding two, maybe taking a minus four and you can get away with it. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, back to your original question, I I think it can be managed with 10 players this game week. It's, I mean, the way this game week's gone, players probably would have only had, some managers might've had eight or seven players play this Mm. week or register scores just from, you know, everything that, that happened. So it's not the end of the world if you, you know, you don't want to stretch yourself to to get to 11. Cool. Right then let's do some key picks for game week 33. Starting in goal, who are you going to pick as the best keeper for this week, in your opinion? Well, the best keeper in my side is Emmy Martinez, and I'd argue that the best keeper this season has has been Emmy Martinez. So, I mean, he's 
he's at 40% ownership. So coming into this blank game week, I think he will probably be the most played goalkeeper this game week. A lot of managers will be playing him. Um, I think I will be doing the same. West Brom, they have picked up their act recently. Um, They are a bit more attacking, but that suits Martinez down to a T. He loves making save points. Even when he concedes goals, he's he's still getting three, four points a game. So Mm. um, could be, you know, if, if they keep a clean sheet and he makes a number of saves, he could walk walk out away from that game with bonus points. But the Matty Cash injury is a bit bit of a worry. But yeah. It's difficult for me this one because I have arguably the two best goalkeepers for this game week in my current team with Martinez and Sanchez at Brighton. Yes. And so I am currently really undecided as to which one of them is actually <laughs> going to get the nod this week because I think Sanchez slightly outweighs Martinez in terms of the potential for a clean sheet. Yes. But that Martinez's potential upside slightly goes above Sanchez, but they've both lost key defenders. Martinez has lost Matty Cash. Sanchez has lost Ben White. So I just know whichever one I play is going to be the wrong one. I'm definitely going to get it wrong. And of course it's not a week I can bench boost because the rest of my bench aren't playing. So (laughs) it's just going to be a case of probably flip a coin tonight and just go, right. Yeah. One of them's going to get the nod over the other one. I'm actually in the same situation as you. I have the boat. I have both. Yeah. yeah, Part of me really wants to play Sanchez because it could be a huge differential if if Villa can see the goal and Sanchez keeps that clean sheet, that, that's going to be huge because <laughs> no, yeah. everyone's going to be playing Martinez because he's so highly owned. So there is definitely yeah. potential that it's just more whether you're cavalier enough to go against the flow. Sometimes you have to pick <sighs> your battles. I'm, yeah, I'm like you. I may just end up tossing a coin and sort of hoping. So this is yeah. why I'm annoyed Ben White's not playing. I'm not getting any <laughs> <laughs> guaranteed yeah, no Brighton players. Yeah, it's, I mean that's the other thing I could do as part of my wild card is I I could bring in a Brighton defender, yeah, to play. Beltman. I mean I could bring in Beltman or Dunk, yeah, um, and I could play them this week, and then I could bench Sanchez and play Martinez instead. I don't know. It's a difficult one. <laughs> Let's talk about some defenders then. Key defender for yeah. the game week for you. Yeah, you can't look past Trent Alexander Arnold at the moment. Um, form fixtures. And like I said before, he's playing for that that Euro spot and he really has something to prove because he, he didn't he play in the last international break. So out of all those players we talked before fighting for a spot, he probably has the most to fight for. So, um, And the great thing about Liverpool is they're not cup-tied. They're not playing European fixtures. This is it now. They're fighting for top four. And we've seen Trent back to his absolute best the, the last few weeks. So last four games, two clean sheets, one goal, two assists. And so the points have been fantastic for him. And I think he's had like, he's created 16 chances in the last five, six game weeks. So this is Trent of old. And if, if they can, you know, tie together the clean sheets with that, uh, there's huge points potential here. And um, yeah, I know he's, sort of flavour of the month at the moment with his performances and um, but definitely a player. So. Yeah, absolutely. A player, I, you know, I really want to get in, especially for this game week. But what about yourself? Is he definitely someone you're looking at for your wildcard? 
Yeah, he was the first player that came in on my wild card. Um, yeah. You know, it, it is the perfect fixture. Newcastle at home normally yeah. would be one that you'd go guaranteed clean sheet for New, for Liverpool there. Guaranteed probably some attacking returns for Trent. Now, Anfield hasn't been, it hasn't been the fortress that it has been in previous seasons. But as you say, Trent has improved dramatically over the last few weeks. I have yeah. slight concerns because it's the early game on Saturday. Early games on Saturday lunchtime <laughs> throw up such weird results every week at the moment um, that I do have some slight concerns. But I do feel like with Trent, if the clean sheet goes, there's still absolutely the potential that he still gets a double-digit haul. So for me, yeah. yeah, he was an absolute essential buy as part of my as part of my wild card. Yeah. Um, into the midfield, then, are you sticking with Liverpool or are we going somewhere else? Yeah, so, I mean, the top midfielder for this week, I think, yeah, is definitely Mo Salah. I know a lot of managers have sold him recently. His ownership's only 32%, which was a little bit lower than I thought it was going to be. So I think he's going to be very highly captained this game week. Um, He will definitely start against Newcastle because he did get rested in game week 31. He came off the bench. So um, that gives us a clear indication. Klopp's been rotating one of the four, one of the fab four that he's got there every game week. And it was Mo's turn to, to sit on the bench. So he's definitely going to be starting. He's going to, he, and he wants the golden boot too. Let's not forget he's only a couple of goals behind Kane. So he's fighting for that. Liverpool fighting for top four, like I mentioned before. He, he looks really good. But um, maybe another midfielder could be Leandro Trossard. We saw last blank game Ooh, week right. against Newcastle. Yeah, we saw last blank game week. He pulled it out. He did everything. He was the, the points magnet and, magnet and managers that captained him just saw the, the points raining down. So who's... You know, there's a lot of risk there with Trossard. He can be very hit or miss. But, you know, against Sheffield United, they're they're down, they're done. Brighton, you know, I think they will stay up, but they've still got something to fight for there. And, and, you know, he he could be a great option. You know, especially managers like yourself on a wild card, going for a punt this game week, someone like Trossard, where, where you know I can just move him out after this game week for someone else. But try go a bit strong for this game week attack it. I think Trossard looks looks really good. He, you know, he only played 59 minutes against Chelsea. That was a, a bit of an issue there. So, but we've seen in the past, he got that 14 points against Newcastle. Absolutely, Why not? Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I think it's the perfect fixture to attack is the reality. Yeah. They, they've got the perfect fixture. They will come out of that Chelsea game in game week 32 with an awful lot of confidence. Um, mm. I, I actually really, really do like Danny Welbeck at the moment. We'll talk about um, him <laughs> in a minute, but I do really like him right now. I think he's in, in really good form. So he is one that, and obviously had that one off the off the post right late on in that Chelsea game, nearly won it for them. So he's yeah. one that I'm, I'm kind of definitely looking at when we talk about forwards. But I think Bruno Fernandes should come into this midfielder conversation. He yes. has been really off it. There is no doubt mm. that from an FPL perspective, you know, he hasn't been the same beast that we have seen in even earlier on this season. So in the first 16 games of this season, for his first 16 appearances of the season, he was averaging a double digit haul every other game. Yeah. That has dropped to one in five matches in the last 15 fixtures. So he he just isn't returning with the same level of, of gusto that he once was. Having said that, this is, I think in part it's been to do with 
the the Pogba changes in the the Manchester United lineup. He does play in a slightly different position, but I also think that Leeds defensively haven't been the whole season. They haven't been solid. They have liked to concede goals. Um, indeed, I think that they you know they've had one clean sheet since game week twenty six. It's yeah. highly unlikely. That Leeds are going to turn up at you know you know in the game against United and, and get something from that game. I think Bruno Fernandez will be will be a popular captain pick this week because as you've mentioned earlier, there are a lot of managers that are selling or have sold Salah over the last few weeks and therefore will be looking for a good premium option to captain because they want to put their faith in somebody that is reassuringly expensive. And therefore, Bruno Fernandez. I, I think this could be the time where he actually turns turns a corner on the form that he's been in and, and returns big. Let's be honest; it only takes one penalty with Bruno Fernandez, exactly. and he gets an yeah. eleven pointer. So, <laughs> I think he could be a nice pick as well. Let's talk about forwards then. Who are you going to go for as a forward? As far as forwards go, this game week, I really like the look of Edison Cavani, especially, you know, you talked about Leeds giving up all those opportunities. Cavani needs half a sniff of goal to put the ball in the net and arguably probably deserves a lot more points recently than what he's actually got because he's had a few ruled offside and VAR. So two goals, one assist in his last two games. And, yeah, we know what type of a beast he is. He's only at 3.5% owned too and just yeah. under $8 million. So he sort of he sort of fits into that, that budget differential um, opportunity there. A lot of managers probably going Ianacho for this game week. But, you know, if, if you could manage it where you get in Cavani and then, you know, move him on to someone else in the, in the future, that would you know, there's a really good opportunity there for something different. And yeah, the only issue is this game is at Leeds and the Ellen Road pitch is very questionable, especially at this stage of the season. Um, but yeah, Cavani could be a great chat. I, I love watching Cavani play. He does that little arrow goal celebration every time. So <laughs> uh, how do you feel about, about him? Yeah, I um, I picked him on our FF Scouts points predictor this week. I think ah. he makes a really, really nice pick for game week 33. Um, yeah. As part of my wildcard, he is somebody that I would really like. But actually, I want to hold on to Ollie Watkins because of mm. double game week that he's got coming up in the future. Plus, obviously, nice fixture this time around. Mm. Um, and therefore... I've only got one spot for another forward. And I think it's yeah. going to be Ian Acho because the fixture is really nice. And in fact, the fixture yeah. is nice for a couple of weeks. And he is more assured than Cavani of, of yeah. good minutes, I suppose, over the next few weeks. But I do think that if you are, if you are free hitting in 33, then a yeah. front line of, of Cavani and Ian Acho and Ollie Watkins feels like a yeah. really, really nice place to be. And so different. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And and will give you a massive advantage because most people are going to be in a place where they're having to choose between Cavani or Ian Acho in the same way that I am, or you know, and they're benching Harry Kane because of course you're yeah. unlikely to sell Harry Kane given it doesn't look like his injury is too severe. So yeah, I think you know, if you're if you're free hitting, then go with a pair of them. But it, it will be a tough choice, I think, to choose between them as part of a, a transfer or a wildcard decision. Captain for this decision. week, then, who are you going to trust with your armband? Yeah, this weekend with, with the armband, I'm, you know, it, it sounds a bit um, boring, but I think Mo Salah 
is probably the best option this game week. We know I've mentioned before, he's definitely going to be playing. He's playing at home and he's playing against Newcastle and he's going for the golden boot. So tick, 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 as far as I'm concerned with Mo. I've, I've only got Diogo Jota in my side. So I'm, you know, maybe I may go with him because I'm not a Salah owner, but Mm. I'd love to have Salah for this fixture, just knowing that he's definitely going to play. But if you're feeling a bit rogue, you mentioned Ian Archo. He is the man on form at the moment. Form, fixtures, everything. I think Ian Atto is going to be my captain this week. Wow. I uh, don't have Salah. And I can do it. Obviously, I'm wildcarding, so it's possible to do it. But it does mean compromising on a lot of the other key players that I do want because it would be an upgrade from Sun. And therefore, I've got to free up some money elsewhere. It, it, It kind of makes the rest of my team a little bit more... Like yeah, I just feel like if I don't have Salah, the rest of the team, the potential for points is increased dramatically. So yeah, I'm gonna go rogue and go without Salah uh, for now. If Bruno doesn't return though in game week 33, then the scope to go from Bruno to Salah is definitely there. I'm gonna leave enough money in my bank that I can do Bruno straight to Salah. Make the move. And make the move at that point because I think that you know he should really be getting something against Leeds. So I think I am going to go Ian Asho. It is kind of a there's a, there's a few players out there that I think you could toy with it with the idea of. There's you know you've mentioned Diego Yotta. I think he looks like a, a really nice pick. Um, even Ollie Watkins, if you wanted to go really rogue, he's got a yeah. nice nice fixture against a West Brom side that yes they have they have been a lot better lately. But Watkins has been on good form. He's returning now more regularly without Grealish. So he could be a nice pick. But Ian Acho for me, he just takes the biscuit. I I, I don't think... I, I could play it safe and just go Bruno. That's the safe thing to do. But I think at this point of the season, the odd differential captain, particularly in a blank game week like this one, is worth yeah. taking the risk on. So yeah, it, it's I'm almost certain it's, it's going to be Ian Acho for me. I like that call. <laughs> oh, you'll see me like cowering behind the sofa when Salah's playing, going, oh my goodness, why have I not bought Salah in? But then, as I've mentioned, lunchtime kickoff, weirder things have happened. True, um, true. Probably be like, I don't know, Robertson that gets all of the, the goals in that game, the one that nobody's talking about. Exactly. All right, that's it from me this week then. Thank you, Pete, so much for joining me. It's been a pleasure to talk to you again, as always. I will be back next week where I'll be joined by Karam, who's from Fantasy Chat. And you often see Karam across the different FF Scout videos and Scout cast. And of course, he writes some of our Arabic content too. I'll see you next week, guys.